Hello everybody, this is Jules and welcome back to So This Is Love. When I started this podcast, it was intended to be a limited series, but the overwhelming support in the first season impelled me to continue this work. It has been a beautiful journey collecting and sharing these stories, and for that, I thank all of my guests and listeners for getting us to where we are. Do ensure to listen to the end of the episode to get details on how you can support this podcast. Remember, you can find us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. So This Is Love is a space where people can relate to one another, learn from one another, and find a sense of belonging. Enjoy! Welcome to So This Is Love. A podcast about love, the loss of love, heartbreak, and the meeting of self. We share stories on how the relationships we once had teach us about who we are and define who we become. And maybe through these stories, we can answer that age-old question. Is it better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all? So, this is love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of So This Is Love. If this is your first time on So This Is Love, Karibu, welcome. Remember to follow this podcast, subscribe, and share so that we can continue to grow. It was a very cold and gloomy Tuesday morning in Nairobi, but um, the sun has come out. I tend to prefer that cold very, very gloomy weather. I don't know if it's, um, you know what it is? It's because I like to layer up. My fashion sense is boots, socks, knitted sweaters, lip gloss, hot chocolate. And when the sun comes out, I'm just like, really? You know? So walking in, <laughs> that was the weather, but now it's become sunny. All this to say, I think the sun came because my guest is just a ball of sunshine. <laughs> Today's guest is super special. I am joined by the beautiful, beautiful Kaz on So This Is Love. That is her real name. If you don't know already, I let my guests come here um, under a pseudonym and I do this deliberately because I want them to be able to share these stories um, and use that pseudonym kind of like as a security blanket, you know, because of the nature of the stories that are being shared. And also because most of the times, um, the pers- for me anyway, I feel like the other person is not here to tell their side of the story. So it's just easier if we use a pseudonym. That's just my method. But we have these special guests like Kaz and Kevin, actually from season one, who came and they were like, no, Jules, me. Me, my name is my name, and I'm going to use my name. And for me, the similarity I see between Kevin and Kaz is that you're both activists. So I feel like maybe that's where that comes from. It's like, I I is who I is, Mm -hmm. all right? Kaz, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. (laughs) And thank you for buying me a meat pie in Java because I was so hungry. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Yes, perfect. Um, So Kaz and me go a little bit... Well, not way back. We go a few years back, but we've, I think we've kind of known each other in the industry for a few years. I've worked on a couple of your projects. Yes, that's right. I was on your podcast, um, The Spread. Yes. And I was also a part of 
sex lives. The of sex Africa. lives of African women, which was the best thing. I have never been so happy in my <laughs> life. Do you remember I told you I was smiling yeah. nonstop as soon as I got off stage? I'm like, I want to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for giving me that opportunity to be on that stage. Um, I don't know if this if that uh, production is available anywhere online. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Well, if but you the book is, but the book is. Yeah, she did a show that was adapted from this book, The Sex Lives of African Women, written by Doctor Darkoa. Nana Darkoa. Nana Darkoa. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So, um, and then you kind of came and did a project with me where I used to work. Yeah. We're still working on publishing that work, guys. I'm working on it. And now here she is on So This Is Love. Yeah. I'm a huge follower of Kaz and her work. If you don't know who Kaz Lucas is, she is a certified sex educator. She's also a, I want to say podcaster, but I haven't seen your podcast in a while. But you do have a podcast called The Spread. I do, yeah. I, um, I decided to take a break off of podcasting this year, but I still consider myself a podcaster. You are a storyteller. Yeah. Yes. Um, you're also an activist. Yes. And you are a TED fellow. I am. Meaning you have a TED talk, not yes. TEDx. <laughs> Me, I have a TEDx. Yeah. But you, you have a TED. You yes. went to California. Yes. And did a whole thing on stage. Mm-hmm. Oh, guys, I'm going to leave the link to her TED talk on the show notes of this episode. So make sure to listen to that. I think everything she had to say was very, very important. Kaz, karibu. So Kaz is here to talk about a relationship with a female that we are naming her. Yes. Her as in H-E-R, her. (laughs) And um, I wanted to give her a pseudonym. I wanted to give her a pseudonym. But we said, we're going to go with the flow. If we get inspired to give her a pseudonym, Suzanne Jane McKenna, somewhere in the middle, we'll call her that. Yeah. But for now, this is Kaz and her. Mm-hmm. And this is a, re- this relationship is actually, um, it was, it was a friendship. I don't know if I should say is or was, but let me just use was. Mm-hmm. It was a friendship, an eight year friendship. And, um, the reason that Kaz decided to come share this story today is because it was a defining friendship for her in the sense that it was a very intimate friendship. I, you know, season two now of So This Is Love, I've expanded it to not just romantic relationships, but to all sorts of relationships, you know, friendships, uh, a relationship between father and son, co-workers, and how this breakdown, the breakdown in these relationships contributes to who you are and who you might be in the next friendship or in the next relationship. Mm -hmm. So Kaz, as I always do, take us to the beginning. (laughs) How did you meet her? Okay, so um, we met through family because we are kind of family friends. So we met at a family function and um, she was married at the time. So I met both her and her husband. And um, it was just like really randomly at a family gig. And I think I had gone solo and um, one of our, like our mutual family friend was getting married. So it was one of those um, traditional family gatherings for the wedding. And we ended up sitting together and just having conversation. And it was just like flowing. And there was just like a lot of friendship chemistry. Mm hmm. And um, it just carried on like that. The The rest is history. I think we didn't speak maybe for like another couple of years after that initial meeting. But then when we did rekindle, it was just like, oh, it was just like, 
oh my god i love you we have so much in common oh my god i want to spend the rest of my life with you you know feeling that kind of similar intimacy to um romantic relationships but like on a very like platonic plane yeah exactly i get that i've had that yeah. i had that with w- my friend in form one i'm still friends with her today yeah she's called things these days online dockers mm-hmm. when we met she was just like oh, oh my god i'm gonna be your friend forever yeah yeah and then yeah forever was very short-lived <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we had a lot of things in common. We both enjoyed food. Um, so like uh, one of our things was that we used to cook for each other and we used to share recipes. And sometimes we'd like, com- I'm very competitive. So I'd be like, I make this better than you. So I think food was one of our bonding things. Music was one of our bonding things. And the fact that we were both, uh, we both are, I believe, still um, activists. I know I am and I'm pretty sure she is too. Um, and so there was a lot of like bonding moments uh, that that a lot of things that brought us together and then we just would spend literally every waking moment of our lives together uh she was the girl to your opera really <laughs> really yeah yeah so yeah that kind of that relationship was very intimate and intense for about 5 years so we spent a lot of time in each other's lives um she saw me through all of my relationships um, at the time. I think I was, you know, like serial dating. And um, she was married. And then um, her marriage ended. And I think that was kind of like the one of the significant defining moments of our friendship is that, like, I think there's an aspect of me that is highly highly empathetic i i do identify as an empath i think you are an empath. <laughs> yeah yeah and um so you know people who i'm called i think this is also the basis of my activism people who like struggle is like it feels like a calling to me me i'm i'm have savior complex and um so when that marriage ended i remember just being like a really significant person in her life she came to live with me when she split up with her husband um and yeah and then she when she did find her own place she ended up moving like literally two houses down from where I lived Mm -hmm. so now we would spend every waking moment together and it was really wonderful I had somebody to to just do everything with including family so we would uh, visit each other's families. It, I swear it was it was very intimate and very much like a romantic relationship, and it was beautiful. And um, at the time, I think well, I still do, uh, and I'm open about the fact that I um, live with depression and anxiety, and so did she at the time. And uh, that was that's also really helpful to have somebody who understands it from that perspective. And mm-hmm. I hadn't. Um, been in a friendship that understood that aspect of my life because it's very difficult to try and explain depression to somebody who doesn't personally understand it. And so that was really, it was such a good space for us to be able to speak about those things, um, to be able to speak about our sexualities, to be able to speak about just how life is affecting all of these different aspects of our lives. Um, I think we trauma bonded a lot of our friendship was a lot of trauma bonding based off of the work that we did but also based off of just our life experiences 
And I think we got to a point where I felt that I was I was giving a lot more than I was getting, which happens very often when one person in the relationship is more empathetic than the other. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I would give up things in my life to be there for her or I would give up my time. I would I would drop everything if anybody called and said, um, you know, she's not feeling well. Can you go check on her? She's not picking up pe- people's phone calls. Um, and I knew that I was the only person that she would probably open the door for or pick up a phone call if she was able to. And so I became that person to her. I be- sort of became like um, the wooden plank in, in a river when you feel like you're drowning. Mm. And after a while, that began to weigh on me. And when I felt like I was just drained, when I felt like I wasn't able, because for the longest time, I never set up boundaries. And when I started to set up boundaries is when I realized that the the relationship started to fall apart because it became me being selfish. What do you mean? What do you, how would you describe trauma bonding for someone who might not understand? I think I have an idea of what it is, but I've never met somebody who's actually said, um, like a real life example of trauma bonding. <laughs> Wow, I can give you 10. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like a lot of my relationships have been trauma bonding. So when you find that you have something traumatic with somebody in common, and that's the thing that binds you, then it's difficult to remove the trauma from the relationship. And when you begin to, you find that the relationship begins to dissipate, for lack of a better term. Um, And because... Ideally, you should learn from a traumatic experience. You should heal from it. So if you're in a relationship where you've bonded with somebody over something traumatic and you begin to heal from the trauma, then there's nothing that's keeping you and the person together because the thing that brought you together was the trauma. I see. So it's easy to, for example, bond with your siblings over something traumatic that happened to you in your childhood. It's easy to bond, especially with a romantic partner or a lover, over similar traumas if you have experienced similar traumas growing up um, with family if you have traumas in common those are the things that bring you together mm-hmm. and then the thing is there's nothing necessarily wrong with trauma bonding it's just that you could also like I, sh- I feel like there should be a term for like heal bonding right healing bonding right, right yeah so if you're able to go through the healing process with somebody th- like you find that your traumas is what brings you together but then you also find that you're able to heal through these traumatic experiences together then that's a beautiful evolution of a relationship but if you find that the minute that you start to heal or the other person starts to heal and this is a thing that separates you because like you're you're not the same person anymore mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm. I am not the same person anymore. I'm healing. And um, and that forms a rift in your relationship. Then that wasn't necessarily the greatest trauma bonding experiences. So I have had very many trauma bonding uh, relationships, like uh, romantic relationships, friendships. I know for sure I bond, bond with my siblings <laughs> all yeah. over our traumatic childhood. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... That's basically what trauma bonding is. It's oh. the thing that you have in and common. And the fact that you've said um, siblings, even family, not even just even cousins or whatever. It's like, yeah. yeah. And it's like, that's the first thing that you start to talk about when you hang, meet. And it's yeah. like, oh, let's get a drink and just like ponder upon this yeah. BS. Exactly. That's trauma bonding. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
Oh my god. <laughs> we need to we need to trauma heal. We need to heal bonds. Yes, heal bonding, mm. healing bonding or whatever. We need to coin a new term mm-hmm. for like the the beautiful evolution of relationships and the things that happen after trauma bonding that can solidify a relationship. But if you find that the minute you start to set up boundaries or if you find that one person is doing active healing, going for therapy or uh, whatever forms of therapy they choose to to take, and then you find that that's drifting the two of you apart, then um, it means that, that... I see. Yeah. Yeah. So if you start to set up boundaries, okay, say, for example, you and I, we bond over traumatic something, and then I start to go for therapy, and then within that therapy, I realize that I need to set up boundaries because... Um, our, it's it's because the way our our relationship is going, it's um, it's it's solely based on traumatic incidents. Like, and there's no, it looks like it feels like there's no ending, there's no healing, there's no okay yeah. next. Yeah, we're just sitting stewing in this trauma. And if I begin to be like, okay, you know what? I think we should stop talking about this thing because we're not moving on from it. And if I start to form um, either physical boundaries or energetic boundaries and that's not working for you then um, that feels like the beginning of the end of a relationship sometimes people don't understand boundaries and people can look at it as a form of rejection like why are you being like that to me yeah and that was kind of the thing I found that there was just a lot of trauma bonding in that relationship and when you know like because I was always on the on call for like if you're having a shitty day I'm coming through. Like, I'll drop everything to come through. I realized that um, being the wooden plank, (laughs) I'm going to use this term, right? Being the wooden plank became really exhausting for me. And so I stopped taking those um, very, like, 3 a.m. phone calls, like, I need you now. And when I stopped doing that, that was the beginning of the end of the relationship. And it felt like... And I can completely understand if you are in like a really dark space and you can't see the fact that I'm setting boundaries for myself and that I am being selfish. And yes, I agree. I was being selfish. I was looking out for number one. Um, Then, yeah, I can see how it looks and I can see how it could have felt for her and I can see how that could have been really heartbreaking for her. Mm -hmm. But at that time, it was something that I really needed to do to take care of myself. And yeah, that was just, whew, that was the beginning. And um, a relationship that was so intense, so we were so literally joined at the hip. We were so, our lives were so intertwined. You would not see her without seeing me. Our families, our friends, everybody in our lives just knew. Uh, like it's one of those people, like when you go out, just like, where's Kaz? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, it's the first question everybody's going to ask. And for a relationship like that to start to end was was very, very difficult for me. We decided to work on a project together. I think this is um, one of the things that was really difficult. We decided to work on a project together. But the project itself was um, focused a lot on on sexual assault and, like, sexual harassment which we had both experienced in in different times in our lives and it was a difficult project to work on because it brought up so many different traumatic things for both of us 
and I'm pretty sure for everybody else who was um, a part of the project. In fact, one of the things that we insisted was that everybody on the team get therapy. So we had a uh, we had hired a therapist to do like group sessions, and if anyone wanted to do individual sessions, they could go ahead and do so. And I, I went to therapy. <laughs> I don't think anyone else did actually, but I was I understand how much like my previous sexual assault experiences have had on me and I know how much they break me down when I begin to speak about them and because I live with depression um, something just a simple conversation could have me out for like two weeks Uh, so when we started working on this project I created a boundary where I needed to show up for myself in order for me to be able to work on this project because the project was important. And that meant that if you were dealing with something that I unfortunately could not be there for you, and this is something that I made very clear in the beginning of the project, mm-hmm. I, this is I needed to focus on myself. And if you have ways in which, and this is the reason why we have a therapist, if it's possible for you to find ways that you can deal with your traumatic, your trauma when it comes when it reignites, when it comes up to the surface, um, please do that because I don't think you can rely on me at this point. Yeah. And it happened. And, you know, Kaz, who's always like up, at, you know, will drop everything at the drop of a hat to come and show up for you, didn't. Because if I showed up for you, that meant I wasn't showing up for myself. So at that moment, I chose myself and... I can understand how if you're feeling very down in the dumps and the person that you love the most doesn't come to show up for you when you need them, I can understand how that can be very, very hurtful. And to be completely honest, um, it's not something that I've ever regretted because I showed up for myself. I definitely feel bad that the other person was hurting, that she was um, hurting and that she was in pain, that she was dealing with what she was dealing with. Um, but I have no regrets for being selfish. And that was the first, that was the beginning of setting up boundaries. And so um, we spoke less. Um, there was actually other incidents in the, in the relationship that uh, prior to this happening, I had overlooked because I think in this relationship, I felt like in my big age, uh, I needed I needed to hold on to the friends that I had because I understood how difficult it was to form friendships. Mm. And I work really hard on my friendships. And I know that, like, we really prioritize romantic relationships in our lives. And your partner could do so many disturbing and hurtful and annoying and just stupid dumb shit and you'll forgive them but then if a friend does like something really small you we really struggle forgiving friendships we're so quick to walk away from friendships than we are from romantic relationships Mm. and knowing this and being in a place uh, like being aware of this I knew that I needed to be able to fight for the friendships that I have because I understand how much they mean to me and um, and also not wanting to prioritize romantic relationships over friendships. It's something that is always top of mind with all of my friendships at the moment, of which there are very few. Um, 
So that was something that I actively did with that relationship. And I feel like there was incidents in in our relationship prior to this thing happening that I forgave. And um, to be quite frank, I don't even think I would have forgiven a partner for because there was so there was there was betrayal in the friendship um, on more than one and more than one in, in more than one instance. And I think by the time it came time for me to set up these boundaries, already we had had things that had built up, um, like betray betrayals that I had forgiven. Uh, I'll give an example. I was dating somebody. Uh, we were just casually dating. We had just met, and we were going out for like drinks. That was like the dating part of the the dating part of the dating. <laughs> Does that make sense? The dating part of the dating, the relationship. <laughs> you don't want to say relationship. No, but, because yeah. we didn't even manage to get that far. Yeah, we had but just, was it, I had just started dating this person, uh, and it was it was pretty cool. And uh, because I I used to invite her to <laughs> almost everything, she would come sometimes for like my my casual her dates. being your BFF. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See how I I heard her. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, so one time I invited her for this date that I was going on. It, it was, uh, it was like a date. It was like a date. It was like, Hey, come hang out with me. I'm with my friend, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, they kind of ended up in the bathroom making out. Oh yeah. And the first time it happened, um, that was like maybe the last time. Yes. Cause okay. So the first time it happened, that was probably like the second date I had gone on with this person. Oh my god! So I remember having pulling her aside and being like, "Look, this is our second date. I can see y'all have chemistry. Um, obviously, I found you guys by the bathroom making out. Um, if this is something that you want to pursue, please let me know. I'm not heavily invested. I can take a step back if y'all have chemistry. You know." And she was like, no, I, we were just talking and da 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 No, nothing, nothing, nothing. Um, you should totally go for it. I'm like, are you sure? Mm. She said, yes. We had another date. Of course, Smart Kaz invites BFF to date with the same person. We ended up going for some gig somewhere. Um, we had a little bit, maybe one tea, many martinis. Um, and then... <laughs> uh, yeah, they ended up making out in the back of the car. I'm sitting in the front of the car. These two people decide that they were um, that they were going to sit in the back, and they decided to make out in the back of the car while I sat in the front of the car. And um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was very hurtful. So I was mad, and I was just like, "Fuck you! I'm out." Um, didn't hear from her, didn't get an apology. I reached out (laughs) and I was just like, okay, could you please just tell me what the fuck is going on? And she was just like, actually, I really like this person. I think that, um, I think I want to date them. Mm. (sighs) Fine. Yeah. Okay. You can have it. Uh, (laughs) so they ended up having like a short stint relationship and that didn't work out so then when that relationship ended we were back to being friends Mm. um she didn't want to speak 
too much about that relationship, even though I did want to know the details. That was one of my things about us. If we're going to come back to being in this intense friendship that we have, I really want to know what the story is with the other person because, like, I, I'm not that close with them, but, like, you and I have a rapport. And she didn't want to speak about it. So we never spoke about it, and then we kind of continued with life as if nothing went on. And then it happened again. <laughs> it happened again. Um, but, like, when it happened again, it was a situation that... Uh, it was a situation that I wasn't really present for again. <gasps> <we> had had. <laughs> Have you put the dots together? I think I've joined the dots, Kaz. Yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. What the fuck? Okay. I'm so sorry, man. Oh, please don't be sorry. Oh my gosh. Okay, I yeah. get it. I get it. <clears throat> yeah. Ooh, wow. Mm-hmm. And I was present, but um, I think we had all been drinking so much, and I kind of took a nap. And while I was napping, something may or may not have happened. I don't know, because I remember just um, waking up, having flashbacks and being like you know what fuck you and, oh, I, wow. and I walked out mm. and that was the that was for me I was just like yeah I can't mm. <laughs> I feel like I'm the only one who's putting effort into this relationship so for me I was I was kind of done but then the work project happened after that so that's when I set up my boundaries and I said look this is going to be a difficult time for both of us. We're going to be dealing with a lot of things that are going to come up in our personal lives. Um, I did form the boundary. I said, I'm not going to be able to be there for you. I just need you to understand this. Um, our friendship, as it is, is in a very rocky place. Uh, I'm happy to continue working on this project with you, but um, keep in mind that the friendship is in a rocky place. I can, I can separate I can work on the project because I understand how important the project is. But then um, we're definitely going to have to put ice on that friendship for now, right? And so while we were working on the on the project, there was a moment where um, I guess uh, there was... Um, she had like a, a traumatic experience sort of like resurfaced and, and, and it was very difficult for her to deal with. So... I think I believe that there was a point where she she mentioned it and uh I was empathetic and I said I'm really sorry that you're going through this I I can't be there for you. And that was it. I think she didn't take that too well. She didn't take the fact that I wasn't I didn't give myself. I also was really uh, I had formed a really good relationship at this by this time she had split up with her husband but I had formed a really really good relationship with him he he and I were like were were very close even throughout their um, separation and their divorce he and I remained friends and I I also did say to her that this is a friendship that I was going to keep I'm just like please just be knowing your separation is not mine <laughs> yeah because he is a really good guy and I really want to retain that friendship. Do you think you did that you were able to do that because of already the betrayals that had no, happened? Oh those two things didn't 
correlate. They're not those two things had nothing to do with each other. Not they're not equivalent. So yeah. But if you if you guys were not in a rocky place, would you have maybe you you still still be friends with the ex husband? We if she we, was not okay with it. Uh. So we the the. Betrayal things didn't happen until later, until after the separation. So when oh, the separation okay. happened, mm-hmm. um, I said that I still wanted to retain a friendship with him. So that was, that was like for me, that was also a non-negotiable for me. Um, because I had actually formed a really deep and genuine relationship with him. And so that was my thing. I'm just like, I'm here to support you entirely throughout this whole process. But I am not going to end my friendship with him because he's he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you guys had your thing that didn't work, but that doesn't mean it wasn't like anybody's fault. So because of that, I'm I'm not necessarily picking a side. I'm just retaining my friendships with both of you because I met them both at the same time and we formed this really great relationship with both of them. They were both really heavily in my life when they were married. Um, so when they separated, I'm just like, you're both still going to be in my life, but just in separate times. And so I think at the end of our friendship, when when um, I didn't show up, when I refused to show up, um, I don't think, that she was very happy with the fact that I still retain. Now at that point, it was just like, yeah, no. If you're not going to be pals with me, please be knowing. You are definitely not going to be pals with my ex-husband. After understanding the fact that she didn't want me to be friends with, she didn't want me in her life and she didn't want me in her ex-husband's life, um, then I, I severed ties with both of them. And I haven't seen either of them since... Around the beginning of the pandemic. Where are you now with her? I have not seen or spoken to her in about three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm finally, I'm here talking about it. I feel like I'm finally in a place where I have evolved in my healing with that relationship that I'm able to speak about it without throwing up. <laughs> mm. I mean, like I do feel the anxiety sitting in my body right now. Um but I I feel like I've moved on. I've moved on quite a bit. I've healed from the hurt that I experienced. Um and I'm in a place for once and I never thought this was going to happen, but I'm in a place for once where I actually really think and, and I wish her well, wherever she is, whatever it is she's doing. Um, I really hope that she has also been able to eat, to move on from the ending of the relationship and that she's been able to find some sort of solace and healing in whatever way. Um, yeah. And I honestly did not think that I was ever going to get here. You know, have you ever broken up with somebody, even if it's like a, a romantic relationship and you're just like, oh my God, I hate this person and you think you're going to hate them forever? Yeah, um, that's actually <laughs> the one of the inspirations for this podcast. I've never had any, any issues with my exes mm-hmm. except one mm-hmm. where I do not wish them well. Mm-hmm. And that is something I don't want to carry in my, in my body, you know? Yeah. This anger I have where... I I never want to be with that person. As soon as we we bro- we broke up many times, mm. but how long ago? Um, 
five years ago. <sighs> five years ago, but we were on and off for seven years. Mm. Yeah, on and off seven years. I thought he was the love of my life, but I knew also that he wasn't. And it just, every time we'd break up, it just kept getting worse and worse. And the final one, mm. I was like, I actually don't wish you well. Like, I want to hear how your life is in shambles. And I'm mm. like, you know, eating my popcorn saying, it's not right. It's not right. Yeah. <laughs> and I hate it. I hate that I feel that. Mm. But yeah, I, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm still, I'm not, maybe in another five years. And I don't want anyone to have ex- um, a mistake feeling that at for wanting them. Because I do not. Yeah. I just have like, I'm like, how the fuck could you do that to me? You know, that kind of thing. And then do it over and over again. And, and I think maybe it's ang- angered myself. Like, yeah. how the fuck would you take that? What, what, what's, what is it inside you that allows you to take that from this individual and from this other person? You're like, don't even try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So mm, actually, now as we're talking about it, it might be anger towards me that I'm just like, how could you let that happen? So I think once I forgive myself, I'll be like, I wish you well, but I don't wish them well. <laughs> I don't wish them well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean maybe maybe wishing them well is 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 <laughs> is not the thing to Like do. even when I say wish them well, my inner inner eyes are rolling. I'm just <laughs> like yeah, even my out eyes are rolling. I'm just like, yeah, right, I wish them well. I don't wish them well. I'm thinking like maybe wishing them well is 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 the wrong phrase. Maybe mm. if you changed the phrase to like because heart Ugh, and I hate this phrase. Hurt people hurt, hurt people. people. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> I get it. Um, but people who are not confident in themselves, <laughs> I'm just bringing down the same statement, people who are not confident in themselves and people who don't love themselves will always project that onto other people. So instead of wishing them well or trying to come to a place to wish them well, maybe wish them healing. Yeah, okay. I could wishing, do that. In wishing them healing. Yeah, I could do that. I could I could wish them healing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yuck. I have I a question for you. Oh, this is turning into my podcast. Right okay, okay. This is what happens when you interview a podcast. That's exactly, I know. I know. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. How is you holding on to this anger affecting your current relationships? And how... Can letting go of that anger make your current relationships better? I'm not sure if it's affecting. Maybe I haven't looked at it from that lens. But there is some trauma I have from that relationship that affects my current relationships where I can never, ever, ever, ever trust you fully yeah because i did that already and, and was, it didn't work it out. didn't work out and it let and i was let down so always waiting for the other shoe to drop i'm never i'm just like yeah we had a good couple of months mm. but let's wait uh, i don't know if i can yeah so that's how it affects my um <laughs> Yeah, um, I have a lot of um, relationship trauma, Kaz. Yeah. Yeah, from this one individual who kind of fucked me up, but in some twisted way, I feel like there's a lot for me to gain from that. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean gain on a, like a holistic level. I mean on like a, this is my purpose level. 
Like I went through that shit for some shit. Yeah. From some twisted way, I'm like, there's a sweet spot in all this disgusting mess. And that's what I'm trying to do. Figure that out. Anyway, <laughs> back to you. Um, <laughs> um, this friendship, you know what? I was going to, I wanted the end of season one to have a, 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 like a surprise bonus episode where I tell my side of the story. Yeah. And then we came here and recorded the whole thing. I yeah. spoke for like an hour, 50 minutes, and then we lost the audio. Everything. So I was like, it's not meant to be. Universe. I'm not going to re-record it. But maybe you'll interview me and we can do that. Too. We'll okay. Throw it in somewhere in season okay. two. Yeah. yeah. We could try. Yeah. We could try. So maybe I should start season two with this episode <laughs> so everyone knows. And then we'll end it with With your, my episode. Yes. Okay. Okay, guys, you've heard. Um, but anyway, I just want to wrap up the conversation um, with your, with Kaz and her. Um, the relation, the friendship kind of came to an end and you told me where you were at, but I think there's one question. There's actually two questions I have, but I want to start with this one. How did this breakdown or this breakup with this person affect you? Like, was there a, you know, when somebody goes through a romantic breakup, um, there's the crying, there's the, oh my God, there's a separation pain, the separation anxiety. Did you go through any of that? Oh my Lord. Yes. For about a year. I was down in the dumps. I... I was having one of the most, one of the worst um, depressive states of my life. Um, yeah, I was a wreck. I was a whole MF wreck. And like I said, I honestly didn't think that I would get to a point where I'd be like, you know what, I honestly wish you're doing well. I did not think that I would ever get there. Because I feel like I honestly gave so much of my life to this person and um she showed me in many instances that uh that that what i was giving was not valuable because mm. it, it, she played around with 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 <laughs> she played around with my feelings she played around with my heart and i forgave her so many different times and so it i never i honestly didn't think that i was going to get here um, it, I was a hot mess for about a year. Uh, and yeah, a lot of crying, a lot of, uh, actually, to be completely honest, uh, the end of this relationship was the beginning of me sort of taking my um, depression and anxiety more seriously. And that's when I started um, taking medication for depression and anxiety, which I'm still on now. Um, but I had I had moments of of suicidal thoughts. It was I was a wreck. I was a wreck. I was a whole fucking wreck. Um but then I I got through it, didn't I? I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> I remember last time I came to your podcast you told me how um friendships oh god i'm just having a full circle moment. I came to your podcast. I was a guest on the spread and you yeah. said we're talking about Breakups, breakups, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about non-romantic breakups. No, no, was that, is that what we we're talking about? Yeah. yeah, and I remember you saying, and I remember I, feel, I was telling, I don't relate, you know, because it's not my thing, you know. Like yeah. I don't, Mimi. If you're my friend, we break up is okay. It's mm. all right. I don't mm. feel, but then it happened. Mm -hmm. I had a breakup with a very good friend, and mm. I was a wreck, and it was worse 
then I romantic yeah. and I and, and in your podcast I, I remember just saying I, I don't think that's that's not my story I don't get it like you know it's a yeah. friend but then when it's a friend who is a friend friend a friend friend and somebody who oh my god that that shit cuz I can go through a breakup in a couple of months and I'll be fine this yeah. was like 10 months and I'm still like staying up at night thinking about how things could have been different if we did this if we, yeah. you know what i mean i'm like i've never gone through a romantic break oh my gosh so friendship breakups can really knock the wind out okay. of you yeah. they really 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 can and it reminds me of um isere i'm a huge fan of isere mm-hmm. do you, you watch insecure mm-hmm. you know the molly may it's molly may yes, 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 yes. so molly <laughs> molly and isa they're yeah. best friends and th- 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 that's a huge conversation that i feel like has not even i don't even think that season brought it out well friendship breakups yeah. and how certain dynamics with friends it's like when when somebody starts to grow in a friendship and for you your growth was setting up those boundaries sometimes it's maybe i get a different job mm. or i change careers so i stop or i stop certain behaviors you know we don't go out as much or i've started working out more those changes can really um shake the foundations mm-hmm. of friendships because depending on how you got together when you when you in a when you in a romantic relationship if you start to go for therapy and you start working out or whatever you know this way you always you can adjust in a long term relationship yeah. with that it's like we're going to be better together yeah. but with friendships it's like we're in a mass um what do you call this this uh many people come to beat up one person it's called what mob justice <laughs> mob justice mentality it's like we are mm-hmm. either in this together or we ain't mm-hmm. so a little bit of change can cause can cause a weirdness if you're not able to deal with that. I've Did had you trauma bond with your friend? I don't think we trauma bonded, but we were bonding through other things. Yeah, maybe mm. not trauma bonding. No, I wouldn't say we trauma bonded. But yeah, um my final question is the one question I ask a lot of my guests. I mean all my guests is how do you take what you have learned from this relationship into your future relationships and or personal development so lessons learned yeah and application um i think it's really i think and i'm saying this again i i got to i'm at a place now where i wish her well I didn't ever think that I was going to get to this place. But what I'm learning from that is that what I'm dealing with now is not what I'm going to be dealing with three years from now. So I understand that it takes me time to deal with things, but eventually that I can get over them and that I can forgive and that I can give myself grace. And uh, more importantly, it, it's, it's how I deal, not necessarily with other relationships, but how I forgive myself and how I deal, how I heal and how i i give myself time uh so understanding that when things are really shitty and really bad with somebody uh that eventually that shittiness and that horribleness will end mm-hmm. and if i can understand that it happened in a relationship that was so beautiful and so intense and so just so intertwined um then yeah i can i have the ability to move on as a human being that is constantly evolving that's my self lesson and it's more for me than it is for anybody else because even when you're 
in a relationship with somebody else it's it's even though the other person it's the relationship between you and the other person but really it's how you negotiate with self well that takes us to the end of the episode Kaz yeah so so um so this is love <laughs> so this is love yeah well thank you so much for coming here to share this story I think friendships is something that even my followers my my followers yeah I'm gonna say subscribers but my followers who've been like can we talk about friendships can we talk about friendships can we talk about yeah. friendships I didn't I didn't get it until I started to go through my own friendship breakup yeah and 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 now I do friends make a huge part of our life they even affect our mental wellness by the where you are in life is can really be determined by the people you have in your corner because if you if you have somebody who is very discouraging or like pessimistic even if you're optimistic yeah. you'll pick up you'll pick up those little habits um of discouraging yourself or encouraging yourself yeah. so who you really have in your corner it contributes to your internal chatter which contributes to how you're able to kind output. of output exactly mm. yeah so i do appreciate you coming here to share on that and um i wish you all the best yeah, i hope yeah. you have an, you find another her in your life um, um <laughs> I, I, i've I, always wanted a girl to my oprah i think i have that but then yeah. we're we're at a stage where like for example d right now is um she has a new baby she's married and i'm still like not there yeah so we're in different phases in life but then we like recently we actually spoke and said we need to reconnect yeah. baby or no baby like yeah. we are connected but we're not that connected yeah. those are the kind of little changes that friendships go through that yeah. i think people don't talk about yeah yeah i hope you guys i hope you guys have loved this episode and you've had something to take away from it if you have any experiences um or similar experiences around friendships and how the breakdown of friendships have affected your life or contributed to who you are today and you want to share your story please reach out to us via our dm on instagram at so this is love underscore podcast and somebody will take you to the next step so we can see if you can come and share your story as well this is a community where we learn from our mistakes where we grow so where we can become better people which ultimately i think makes the world a better place human connections are what to drive um i think human existence you know what i mean So until next time, guys, adios. Thank you, Kaz. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review and consider supporting us via our till number or PayPal. All the details are in the show notes of this episode and on our Instagram page bio at so this is love underscore podcast. Your contribution will help us keep going. If you would like to be a part of this podcast, you can also reach out to us via direct message on our Instagram page. So This Is Love is edited by me, your host, and is recorded at The Creative Caravan. This is Jules. See you next time.